It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Elizabeth Minkeely has written about food, style, and architecture from her home in Italy for the past 25 years. Her website, elizabethminkeely.com, by the way, Minkeely is spelled M-I-N-C-H-I-L-L-I.com, uh, has been won the award for Best Culinary Coverage, an Italian Best Food Blog Award, and was named the Culture Trip Local Favorite. Elizabeth is the author of eight books, including Eating My Way Through Italy. She is also the founder of the Eat Italy app, and her books, blogs, apps, and travel food tours have been praised by the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Travel and Leisure, NPR, The Huffington Post, Condé Nast Traveler, and more. And I'm excited because she's joining me today on Amy's Table to talk about her latest book, The Italian Table, Creating Festive Meals for Family and Friends. And Elizabeth, welcome to Amy's Table. Well, thank you for inviting me to your table. <laughs> I would prefer to come to yours, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> you always have an invitation. <laughs> well, I have to ask you first. Uh, first, I'm so jealous. Let's call that right out. But how did you find yourself living in Italy 25 years ago? Well, actually, I lived in Italy as a child for a few years with my parents. And always wanted to come back. And as a graduate student, I managed to make that happen because I was studying Renaissance art and architecture. And I was just getting ready to go back to the States when um, I met my husband. And his name is Domenico. He's an Italian architect. And my life sort of switched different directions. I married him and moved to Rome. And since then, I've been writing you know, for magazines. I've been writing books. And as you mentioned, my life has gone digital in the last 10 years. Oh, that is so, what What a fairy tale, literally. What a perfect Cinderella kind of story. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny when we talk about Italian food, everybody has their own ideas, of course. And one of the things that I think we as Americans tend to do is say that there's there's no bad Italian food. It's just all good food. And And is that a fair thing or are we romanticizing that a little bit? Well, there's always bad food wherever you go. And, you know, the one thing that, because people are always asking me, what's the one piece of advice when they're coming to Italy, you know, how to eat well. And like anywhere else, you have to do a bit of research. And um, if you get to Rome or Florence and Venice and you you walk outside of, you know, the Colosseum or the Duomo and you're starving, of course, the first place you happen upon will probably be a touristy uh, restaurant, just the same as in, you know. Right you know, in New York or, or Chicago, anywhere that's touristy. Um, so, yeah, there's bad food, but I would say it's much easier to eat well in Italy than it is in a lot of other places. So you're ahead of the game. Exactly. That is so well said. Because of just the passion behind so much of the food production and, and the food creation and serving and enjoying and uh, vending, all of it is just so wonderful. But you talk about the fact in this book that there are so many different reasons to eat and to celebrate and to, um, you know, have a memorable meal. And I love how you've spelled them out. And I'm going to kind of jump around through your table of contents. But you talk about eating at a market in Florence. Tell me about Um, the inspiration there. Well, you know, the one thing that that really stands out to me when people ask about Italian food and and how people eat in Italy is that, you know, as you mentioned, Italians take their food really seriously. 
but also they don't take it seriously at all. You know, they just assume it's going to be a big part of their day and it will be wonderful. And I wanted to capture all of these experiences. So for instance, at the market in Florence, uh, which is not the big touristy market, but the smaller market where real Florentines go, you know, people walk around and you sort of dream of buying something, taking it back to your apartment, if you've rented an Airbnb or being able to cook. But what a lot of people don't realize is if you go deeper, deeper into the market, there's a little stand there, a little uh, sort of very rudimentary restaurant where all the Florentines go. And I wanted to capture that. And so that's what that chapter is about. And it's about, you know, the, the kind of people who stop by what, while either in the course of their workday, while they're doing their grocery shopping, um, you know, while they're walking their dog. And they stop there and they have a, a, a quick lunch or they get something to take home. And, it's, and I just wanted to show what a typical meal might be in that place. And in fact, that was a meal my daughter and I, Sophie, had. I, I'm looking at the caramelized pears. <laughs> I could I can hear you drooling. I know. I know. That's why it took it <laughs> I just have to be honest. That's why it took me a moment to respond. <laughs> I know, I could tell. I so could tell. did you um, purchase these pears in this way or or at the market or is well, this all, all every single meal was a meal that I actually ordered and ate. Oh. And I and then photographed and then wrote about. And so, for instance, in the market, you know, the, we we started out with stuffed zucchini. Uh, then we had a, pe- a pasta called alla vellaca, which is pasta with uh, pancetta. Um, and you know, we went on. Uh, had, I think we had pork roast that day, roasted peppers, and finally dessert. And you know, dessert. A lot of people think of dessert as something fancy, but in most simple trattorias, uh, traditionally. Dessert was a piece of fruit, and <laughs> they would bring you, you know, a bowl of fresh fruit, and you would pick a piece and eat it as, as dessert. At the way fancy end of the scale was a piece of cooked fruit. And so this is, I just love the fact that a restaurant uh, like Rocco's in the, in the market serves still these poached pears. And to make them a bit even fancier, he drizzles caramel on top, and I think, he, you know, depending on his mood, he garnishes them with, like, a piece of orange and a cherry or something. Yeah. And, um, and, and a bay leaf, so it looks like. They're just so, and a bay leaf yeah, and so a bay pretty. Leaf. And, and so they're really pretty, but in the end of the day, it's, you're eating a piece of fruit, which is, which is essentially a healthy dessert. Yes, I love that. And, you know, I think that's it. It's like some people will put on a scarf and it's real fussy and they tie it 85 different ways and they have to mess with it all day. And other people fling it over their shoulder. In fact, Italian (laughs) women somehow know how to fling it over their shoulder so well. But that's kind of like this dessert. It's it's just so elegant and a little effortless, even though it's got a garnish and it's just... That's why I just love those well, Italians. Well, in fact, you know, so much, so much of great Italian food is not, not only appears effortless, it is pretty effortless right. altogether. And, you know, I feel really silly, you know, as I'm going, I'm, I'm book tour now and I'm going around and I'm demonstrating a lot of the recipes from the book. And I just keep thinking, people are going to think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculous because I'm only throwing together five ingredients, you know, to make these cookies or make this pasta. But it's true. This is the best things in Italy are all about the quality of the ingredients, not the sort of complications of the of the techniques. And and that's what I hope people take away from this book. 
I, I w- couldn't agree more. And the photography is so wonderful as well. Well, you know, I'm also oh, thank lo- you. I'm looking at the chapter Late Summer Dinner Under a Pergola in Umbria. I think I'm on the right chapter. And, you, you know, are. that also sounds just amazing. And so if you were to first describe what that looks like for you and how you were inspired for the book, but how might we pull that off here in the States? Well, that's really, that's one of my obviously favorite chapters in the book because that's shot in my own home in Umbria. Oh, and so lucky person. what I wanted to share, <laughs> what I really wanted to share was uh, my uh, desire to sort of welcome people into my own home in this space but also the way that the seasons affect what I serve. And um, in this particular menu, I decided, because I, it was really hard for me to decide what menu to include in my own house and whether to be inside in the winter, outside in the summer. And I decided instead to be outside at the end of summer because the nights are starting to get a little bit cold. I want soup instead of maybe something on the grill. And these are all just purely personal decisions on my part. But then again, the menu is very affected by the season and and where I am, which is Umbria, and that's just a region between Tuscany and between Florence and Rome, and and where we are. And, you know, Italians really love to eat outside just at, at, at all times of the year, whenever possible. And I wanted to capture that as well, you know, the twinkling lights under the pergola, you know, the end of the summer meal. And, um, and so that's, that's, you know, basically my premise for that chapter was to capture that feeling. I, I, I just love it. And I'm just looking at it, not only drooling at the food imagery, <laughs> but at the, you can sense the mood from the photos and then your beautiful spot that you live. I just, I'm, I'm just, you're very lucky. Well, like I said, there's a place <laughs> at the table for you, Amy, when you come. I'm on my, in fact, I'm going to hang up now and head to the airport. <laughs> And then you also talk about farm to Sicilian table. And, and I think that, you know, we, we have adopted the farm to table movement in the States, but explain what makes it uh, even more authentic at the Italian version of that. Well, I really, you know, because it, it does take place all over Italy, and, and I decided to highlight it in this one place in Sicily because it's, uh, I mean, it, at its most simple, it's a farm, but it's actually one of the uh, most important wineries in Italy, and it belongs to the uh, Tascalanza family. And um, and they've been, you know, growing wine on this piece of property for, you know, 150 years. And the family is, is quite wealthy, and they're big landowners, and, and they eat off their land and in a really specific kind of way. And I wanted to highlight that, that it's not always, you know, a rickety table and goats running around, you know. <laughs> it, it, it can be something intensely elegant as well. Um, and so I had the great good fortune to spend time over the last 20 years at this one place. And so the menu was bits and pieces that I've eaten over the course of these last 20 years, some of my favorite recipes. It's so beautiful. I just want to jump right in the photos. You know, and when you're talking about the winery, to me, one of the things that sort of sums up the beauty and the romance and yet also the um, practicality 
when I first learned about the roses at the end of the lines of the uh, grapes at vineyards, if the rose starts to suffer or the rose dies, it's sort of the sacrificial rose to let you know there's infection or disease going on that you need to treat. That's just so beautiful. Come on. That just like made me weep. (laughs) In fact, on the table, often those roses will show up as part of the centerpiece. You know, so nothing, so nothing goes to waste. And, 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 and the great thing about the, the, that chapter is that there's certain recipes there and they have certain names that show up no other place. Like there's these little mini rice balls. Um, yeah, I like saw a, those. Called it, everybody's heard of suplis, which are the bigger ones, or arancini. And these are teeny tiny ones and they're called guinessi. And I kept trying to figure out how to translate this word. And I realized this word only exists in this one family. And they, it's sort of their word for this thing that their cook used to make for them. And, and to be able to share that recipe and that sort of specific moment in culinary, you know, I want to even call it history, but traditions, uh, was really rewarding. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I, I flipped through and saw those darling little rice balls. So that's going to be a word in my family, too. I'm going to co-opt it over it in my And they're so, they're so easy and fun to make. Well, you know, this to me is a great book to grab this summer, to explore it, to try and recreate some of the recipes, some of the moods, some of the events at your own home this summer. I I think it's just so neat. I love the whole Italian tradition of spritz of those low alcohol cocktails in that sort of liminal time of day between work ending and being at home, you know, explore for that as well. Again, the book is called The Italian Table, Creating Festive Meals for Family and Friends by Elizabeth Minkeely. And you can find Elizabeth at her website, Elizabeth, and Minkeely is spelled like Minchili. M-I-N-C-H-I-L-L-I dot com. Elizabeth Minkeely, um, when I show up, I'm going to remind you. <laughs> you said, you there's, said. <laughs> there's always enough food on my table. Oh, I can tell there is and what a table it is. Elizabeth, thank you for sharing this just incredible book with us today on Amy's Table. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com.